Welcome to Real Talk Fantasy. Today we will be going over the AFC South as well as any other relevant news in the fantasy football world. You are now listening to Real Talk Fantasy. Talk Fantasy. I'm your host, Andy Steve, along with my co-host, Garrett Yule, and our third guy who we've added to the podcast, we're not sure what he's going to be doing yet, Colby Caldwell. You guys may have known from a past episode he's been on. Gary, what do you have for us today? Well, Andy, I'm really glad Colby could be here today. Just a great guy. Very easy fantasy win every time I play him. Anyways, today, Andy, we're talking about the AFC South and a historically shitty division. And judging by my notes, it could be a short episode. We'll see. Hopefully we give you some great information. But disrespectful. Um, it is not disrespectful. They do have a team that made it to the AFC championship game, the Tennessee Titans. Actually had two teams make playoffs last year, including the Texans. Anyways, we're going to start by talking about the Titans first. And last year they were 9-7. and seven. They're projected eight and a half wins, which I don't know. That could be a little down. And they had the 20th toughest strength of schedule. So last year was a pretty big year for them. Kind of came out of nowhere, especially when they made that quarterback change in week seven, going with Ryan Tannehill, taking over for Marcus Mariota. It worked out really well for everyone involved. But if you want to talk about uh, the offensive coordinator, it's Arthur Smith. This is his second year. And at the beginning of last year, things were rough. I mean, obviously with Mariota, and I think Henry had a slow start too, but uh, turned out pretty well for them. So just from an overall perspective, Andy, what do you think about the Titans this year? They're only eight and a half projected. Only Vegas. eight and a half projected, yeah. This they won 11 last year. Yeah, I don't, I don't love that. They have a hard schedule at the end of the year, but I think they're very fantasy relevant uh, from the quarterback. They have a wide receiver that, is very, very fantasy relevant. They're running back, obviously, based on what he did last year blowing up as well. So they have a lot of pieces that we're going to need to talk about. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I think they'll probably take a step back, honestly. I, I see kind of like the Jaguars a couple of years ago. I mean, they had Bortles, who is good, but not, I, I don't know. Same sort of thing with Tannehill. I don't really know what to make of them, but they're definitely fantasy relevant. So I'm excited to talk about them a little bit, get into some some Derrick Henry, some A.J. Brown, maybe some Tannehill. Yeah, and this team is pretty interesting. I mean, you think about the, the usage that Derrick Henry gets, and they really want to run the ball. But yet last year, Ryan Tannehill was from week 7 through 17, he was quarterback number three. I mean, he was putting up 22.5 points per game for fantasy. Uh, had 22 touchdowns on the year. I mean, in this past episode, we're talking about Jared Goff having 22 on the year. And Tannehill did it in 10 weeks. So, I mean, he, he was very efficient, pretty incredible coming from the Dolphins where everyone was riding him off. And then he goes in and ends up getting himself a four-year extension worth $118 million. Pretty crazy. Right now, he is going as quarterback 21. Pretty wild. Colby, would yeah, you take Ryan long. Tannehill? Yeah, if you miss the quarterback waterfall, I mean, obviously, it, you're going to have to go early on a guy like Pat or Lamar, and then you get those more fourth, fifth, sixth-round type of guys. You, you got your Kylers and your Dax. If you miss out on a waterfall, 
and you want to wait and get a quarterback in the 12th or 13th round and, and you can snag Ryan Tannehill, I think he's going to be startable um, m- most of the time at least. He proved last year in a pretty good offense that he could continue to be uh, efficient. Getting him out of Miami was, was a good thing for him. And once he took over for Mariota, I mean – Maybe he doesn't duplicate QB3 numbers like he did towards the end of last year, but he's at least going to be fantasy relevant, and I think he'll be a QB1. Andy, this is your boy. Go ahead. uh, I mean, I think if he didn't – I mean, we've seen him do it before. I don't really think they're going to be exact – the drop-off is going to be exactly as harsh as the Jacksonville comparison because I think the coach has them on the right path. And I That's like true. what he's been I, building there. Yeah, I just think like so, making it to the AFC Championship. I don't know if yeah. I see that again, but they're they're definitely gonna. I mean, be it's them or the Texans winning the division. So, but I I do see Tannehill coming out and having success now that he's in Miami, especially not under Gase. So I know he wasn't for that for that last little bit, but I I believe that he he likes where he's at right now. He won that job last year. He earned it. Uh, you could see the signs that said they wanted to go with him early. And I think as long as, you know, his his wide receiving core is getting older. And I just say that because he was a, they were a rookie last year. I think he has another great season. I don't know if he, you know, like you guys said, I don't know if he repeats the quarterback three from week seven on. But I think, honestly, end of the 13th round where he's going is it's a steal. I'm, I'm it's a steal. shocked. He's my target in the late rounds after I get, grab someone maybe like, Matt Ryan or Dak or whoever I grab, I'm like, hey, I need a backup quarterback. Or if I if I'm not comfortable um, with the quarterback or as comfortable, I'll grab someone late and and not to get off track too much, Andy, but so, I know you've done that in the past where you do like to snag a second quarterback that's fantasy relevant and kind of use him for trade value. Can can you talk a little bit about grabbing mm-hmm. a second QB? Because that's not something that I typically do. Yeah, it's a little it's a pretty weird strategy because no one really values quarterback that much. You need to find that one guy who doesn't have have the quarterback in the situation. So it's kind of hard, especially if they're, you know, they're, they're also struggling in the one thing you need. You can't get a deal done there. You kind of just have to hang on to them. It really, it fills up that roster spot. I, I don't recommend it. You drop people easily. But yeah, I grabbed, I believe I grabbed Ben and Matt Ryan one year, something like that. And they had both ended up in the top five. It was the, It's just a weird situation. Sometimes you have something like that. And I couldn't even sell one off. Like no one, no one would give. So, it's it's a hard strategy, but I do like I like having that backup because we've seen I've seen guys lose their quarterback early and then they're just kind of screwed. Um, it's really hard to kind of stream out there if you if you if you took your chance, uh, you know, sacrifice that fifth round pick instead of grabbing like a good flex or a, a good backup running back, you decide to take a quarterback and you kind of screwed yourself over because now your quarterback is hurt. Your, your team's thin all the way through. So because when you're di- the 13, 14, 15 round, you're kind of taking a shot on someone. And anyway, take someone with upside. And those don't always hit. You can. Or I sometimes if I don't if I don't like anybody who's around there and I don't believe in anyone. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Um, that Take I, one of those quarterbacks with, yeah, like no, exactly. Ryan Tannehill. You've seen him be upside as far as quarterback number three. Like, in the later rounds, yeah. why would I not do that? Maybe even, hell, I'd do it in 10 or 11. Maybe. Yeah, a big strategy for me is, you know, those middle rounds, it's the argument against, do I take A.J. Green or do I take a guy who was actually healthy last year? It was like, well, I know A.J. Green's been in the top five before, right? Top five, top ten. 
This other guy I've never seen do it. So what kind of fantasy player are you? Do you want to take a guy that you've seen do it before? Or do you want to take a – you think he's washed up and done and you want to take a, a – Yeah, and guy? Gary, I know so. you said he's QB1 – or uh, I'm sorry, QB21 right now. Who's going yeah, around 20. him? Or 20? Um, yeah, it looks like he moved up recently. So Jared Goff is going before him. Ugh. And then Burrow before that. Baker before that. Ben Roethlisberger at 16. Yeah, I'd, I'd take him over every single one of those guys, honestly. Yeah, this is – I mean, I think he could very well be – I mean, he's in Garoppolo. He's one spot off Garoppolo. That's he could mean. very easily be That's mean. A, a quarterback that starts every game for at least for one team, you know. I mean, it's it's incredible how he's going that late. Like, because you know – like Andy said, you know what you're getting kind of. But – I think I think the offense has to be, has to pass the ball more this year because like last year was you know kind of an anomaly. I mean they were thirtieth in pass plays per game at thirty one point five. I mean that's along the Garoppolo Forty ers too. But I think they're I think with an older cast at wide receiver and tight end Johnny Smith, I think they're gonna have to be throwing the ball more. But we'll see. Yeah, I don't know that you can sustain. Like running the ball sixty five percent of the time, just game scripts not going to allow for that year to year. So that that leads to a good point. How do you guys feel about uh, Derrick Henry? Uh, I I love him again. Um, I think the, the O line's still good. They had great success last year with him, obviously, and he didn't even have to catch the ball that much. Who was behind him last year? They left. Uh, yeah, it was the old uh, Patriots guy. Yeah, Pass the the Yeah. So I don't know what what the other running backs are going to combine for as far as catching. Um, I know he's not going to all of a sudden become a big catching the ball guy. So to, um, if he gets those 18 to 20, 20 handoffs a game, I'm going to be perfectly happy. To with answer him. your question about who they got for to rush behind him, they drafted a kid in the third round named Darrington Evans, and apparently he's another pass-catching guy. Don't know much about okay. him, but someone to keep on your radar, uh, especially if you have Derrick Henry late, maybe a handcuff. But yeah, yeah, I, you know, Derrick Henry is one of those guys that you don't still see that name value. You know, your Saquons, your Alvins, your even Dalvin Cook. But I just can't see, I can't see his value being as good as it was last year. But the fact that he just doesn't catch the ball, like it, that's hard to replicate year in, year out. And I know he was really efficient on the ground too, but it's just... It's a guy his size. I just can't see it like panning out to a top five running back number. Yeah, and they're they're gonna have to throw the ball more, as you talked about. Running the ball at that rate is probably not gonna be sustainable. So I like Derrick Henry's good. He's got all the talent in the world, but knowing that he's not catching the ball, assuming you're in a PPR format, like I don't I don't know how to feel about him. I don't know where to put him. So we we talked about this on the last episode a little bit. I take like people like Clyde Edwards Hilaire and even Josh Jacobs with just the hope that he can go catch the ball because he's not super unathletic. So I'd take those guys over him. I'd take people like Miles Sanders and I don't know, he's in that group of guys and I I took like he was taken at the thir- end of the second, early third last year. So for him to, you know, be up in the first round, I don't think I'm as comfortable with him not catching passes doing that but if he falls to the end of the first round then i'd take him so. well, it's pretty incredible how he's like been able to sustain you know this role in the offense for i mean at the end of 2018 he was doing it in 2019 he backed it up it just doesn't seem like it can pan out for 
the rest of his four-year, $50 million contract deal. You know, I can't see. Well, I mean, we go we go over the equation, though, Gary. We go over the, okay, O-line's good. It's getting over 75%. Actually, I don't think he did get 75% of the snaps. He's getting over, like, the 60, 60%. He's getting every handoff. He's getting 18 to 22 handoffs a game. He the only thing he's and he's he's talented, so the only thing he's missing out of the, the the five categories there is the targets. To me, I still think with the amount of work he's getting, he's going to translate to a top twelve running. Well, top twelve is easy to say. Yeah, no question. I mean, he's no, I know. Rush that's why like I was saying 13, take him at the end of the first yards. Round. But yeah, that's why. I, I mean, was, well, you, your, your pass catching type of guys are, are going to provide more upside. So yeah, at the back of the mm-hmm. first round, if you're deciding on running back, I think that I would probably go with. Even like a, a Kenyon Drake and Austin Eckler over Derrick Henry. Mm-hmm. Even with the uncertainty with the Chargers offense with Eckler? Uh, yeah. I, I wouldn't take yeah. Eckler over him. I wouldn't. Yeah, I don't think I'd do that either. But, I mean, we mentioned all these names, and we, yet we still talk them up as being really good. So where would you take him in the first round, either of you two? I wouldn't take Derrick Henry in the picks. first round. I, would, I well, would take him at the beginning of the second. Well, what if he slid to like a 10? 10 spot if you're drafting the 10 spot i take him at 11 Not <sighs> yeah that's that's tough i mean that 10 spot you could get a guy like tyreek or Devontae or, or deandre I, I think he's just that tier three guy where he misses out on that that really top level upside because he, he doesn't catch passes he's not going to be rb1 yeah i mean if their offense is anywhere yeah, close but- to as efficient they're going to be in the red zone and obviously he gets red zone carries yeah, yeah, yeah go ahead andy the 10, 11, 12 spot is exactly where he should be because he's going to be one of the main focal points of the offense still. I think he's still option one. Oh, for sure. And he just doesn't catch the ball. Like, I, I'm okay with that. You know, he he's a diff- he looks different. He plays different than everyone else. So, And they love to use him. That's their thing. That's what they're going to ride on. They paid him. They, I think they want to get their money's worth for as long as he'll hold up. And... He didn't have a ton of injury. No, yeah, he's a, he's so. a durable guy. I mean, he can well, actually, he can yeah, he'll be in the workhorse. I think last year he missed one game, and that was like the first one he missed in his career, maybe. So, I mean, the team they know they need to ride him in order to be good, but they also I, I think they realize in the playoffs they needed to just in, in drafting Derrick Henry, you have him, to be comfortable so. with the fact that some weeks he's going to get sixty rushing yards, no touchdowns, and one catch. And, yep. and you're going to have a seven-point yep. week from your RB1. And then he's going to rush for 250 yards and, and break a couple of TDs, and, and you're going to get that upside. But you, you're not getting RB1 overall by drafting Derrick Henry. You're getting – you know exactly what you're getting. You're getting someone who doesn't catch passes but who has a substantial part of the, the share in the offense. So he's going to be get, getting the ball 20 times a game. It's kind of interesting you bring up Tyreek Hill kind of going in that same range potentially. and. Yeah, with the inconsistencies, they're kind of the same guy at their respective positions. Yeah, you know? a little bit of boomer bust with, with yeah. Henry, honestly, if you think about it. I mean, still, since twenty eight week fourteen to twenty eighteen, he's averaged twenty one point one points per game. That's a if whole lot can... of tens and thirty fives in there. Okay, I I can't I can't sit here with the slander. Okay. He wasn't as inconsistent as Tyreek. Come on. Oh no, I'm just saying. He he had, I believe, one, two, three, four, six, six weeks, and then he didn't play one. Tyreek, when we looked at him, I think he had like five blow up weeks, and the rest were. Yeah, but Ty- Tyreek's so, year last year w- was a little bit different. He dealt with some injuries. Yeah, but type we of we stuff. went back to the year before okay. too, on that one, and it was 
it was ugly. But I mean, ending the year as three five five thirty two one, like he exactly he had he had eighty rushing. One thing that I will say about Derrick Henry, I I know I was an owner of him last year. If you are looking for somebody to play well towards the end of the season, he's had this pattern and trend of starting Mm -hmm. slow and then getting going. And when it's time to make that playoff Mm -hmm. push for fantasy. He's putting up points at that point. So that that is some credit that I will give him. He he typically does get better throughout the season. Yeah, I, I mean, I think we all have him in around the same area. Yeah. It's so just I think we're ready to move yeah, on. Yeah, just one last thing. It's just there's so much talent with the running backs in that first round, especially with Clyde Edwards Hilaire now being a top five, six pick. Don't even get me started. Top one. But that just bumps all <laughs> that just bumps a bunch of good guys down. Because now you can get Zeke and Henry and Miles Sanders in that late first round. But, you know, just just plenty of talent out there. Sometimes you just got to get lucky choosing the right one. But, yeah, let's go ahead and move on to the wide receivers. So last year, A.J. Brown broke onto the scene. Um, actually had over 1,000 yards, eight touchdowns. And from weeks 7 to 17, so that's the same weeks that um, that Tannehill was starting, he was wide receiver number seven as a rookie. And, I mean, that's, that's pretty hard to do, let alone being his first year in that offense and them not passing the ball much. But he's just freaky athletic. And like extremely, extremely efficient. I think he was, if I'm not mistaken, he might have been the most efficient wide receiver in the NFL. But Colby, what do you think about AJ Brown this year? I hate AJ Brown. Oh, okay. No, I'm just kidding. I, I don't know. I, again, I, I he was super efficient. I don't know that the offense could keep up the efficiency, and I I don't mean to contradict myself because I know I said Tannehill was a huge value. What, what's uh, his ADP currently? So he's sliding right now. He's going as wide receiver 17. Really? 4.08. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I mean, at, at that value, I think that's a little bit more appropriate than when I, I know I listened to your guys' uh, wide receiver podcast, and I think Colin had him at seven. I don't know about that. I know they're going to have to throw the ball a little bit more. I, I do think that. Um, he's going to get the opportunities. He's the number one guy in the offense in terms of, of wide receiver and pass catching options, especially with Henry not being a, a pass catcher whatsoever. I, wide receiver two, I don't know about that. I'm a little bit low on A.J. Brown. How do you mm-hmm. feel, Andy? I mean, he's going around Robert Woods and D.K. and Calvin Ridley. I'm okay with it because I, I do think they step up the passing game a little bit more this year. And I think he did really good last year, and he's a wide you know. Clear cut wide receiver. Yeah, one. wait. Say all those. Sorry. I, say all those names again. Woods, Ridley, and Metcalf, who could all argue that they're all exactly two on exactly. This is the number one wide receiver for his team. But yeah, go ahead. So I I like him a lot. I'm definitely gonna have a hard decision because I'm I'm gonna be in the area to maybe reach on one of these guys. But I really liked what he. I didn't see him coming for the Titans last year. I saw a lot of stuff coming for them, but that one skipped over my head. I didn't think it would be him doing it. So, but we, I mean, he was a rookie coming in. You don't expect a rookie wide receiver to come in and do good. And I believe he, did he break the thousand yard mark? He did. He had he did. To, right. Yeah. So first one in, you know, however long you think, you'd think he just gets better. I hope he doesn't have any aggression, but I'd, I'd be looking at him to, in that, in that group of guys, I'd probably talk myself into, well, he's the wide receiver one on his team and, and he's a beast just like Metcalf is. He's just alone. So. I like him. I don't have any. I really don't have anything bad to say about him. I think he's properly placed in the ADP. So, 
if you see him on there and he's available. If you really, really like him, reach on him. I don't think you'll be disappointed. And we talk we talk about him being a rookie and, you know, like no one expecting a rookie wide receiver to do that. Do you think defenses might be expecting that too? Is like now that you've seen what he's capable of in year two, do you think they maybe target him more in the secondary or something? Because his, his cast alongside him is Corey Davis, who didn't pan out at all, and Adam Humphreys, who – the Titans like quite a bit. They signed him to a four-year, $36 million deal uh, in 2018, at the end of 2018. But it's just, that's just not good company, you know? The only thing that I'm seeing is helping him out is the fact that Derrick Henry's running the ball a shit ton, and they can just load the box, which is typically what happens, and it's incredible that Derrick Henry does what they does does what he does whenever they load the box. But I don't but know. If maybe that continues, defenses... I mean, how, how many times do you anticipate Ryan Tannehill throwing the ball every game? I, I, just, I gonna... just don't know how many opportunities there are going to be to go around. So, I like, I, I'm coming around a little bit on A.J. Brown. But I, does he give you wide receiver one upside knowing that the Titans' offense is built around feeding Derrick Henry constantly? Well, Gary, do you have the, those deep ball percentages? I mean, I mean everything. But, I mean, besides that, everything's if, ridiculous. If, like for Tannehill, he's number one true no, number one true pass rating, number one play action completion percentage, number one production premium. I mean, number one. We know adjusted yard. why that's happening, though. You know, run runs opening up the pass there. They they do they're able to do whatever they want on the field, right? They're the coaching. I think is just exceptional. So the Belichick tree, you know, coming out and showing us what it's made of, right? So I, I don't see why they can't continue to do this uh, and be be just as efficient because they get they're giving us no reason to we're just talking ourselves out of it right yeah. it's just rare that you you do see teams who uh, like without a Patrick Mahomes or something like that duplicate offensive efficiency from year to year so we'll, we'll see it'll be a good test for Vrabel we'll like I said we'll mm-hmm. see all right so Andy uh, this is advanced stats on AJ Brown. So he was number two in the league last year for yards per pass route, um, number two in yards per target, number three in yards mm-hmm. per reception. I mean, when he he's kind of like one of those guys like DJ Moore and Debo Samuel. He whenever he's got the ball in his hands, he can move too. So, dude, my thing is like like we talked about in the last episode with that big play league I'm in. I'm taking him over everyone else on there right away because just because of that 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 chance he breaks it being the big bodied fast guy is so another deep threat kind um, of guy who's going in the same area who's a clear-cut wide receiver one on his team who do you take between dk and, and aj brown if you have the opportunity i still take aj brown i know i was big on dk but i'm bigger on aj brown I, I just think he's the clear-cut guy and those are two similar offenses i know russell wilson's the better quarterback and they don't run it as much but i just i think him aj brown being the Way, way, way clear cut number one, and him being like he. I mean, no offense to DK. DK's main thing is just being able to be big and jump high, but AJ Brown can do it all. So I'm, I'm, I'm all in on AJ and, Brown. And, yeah. And I mean, DK has to he has to compete with AB. So <laughs> that'll be an interesting. No, Pete Carroll's um, still gonna I, run it forty I mean, times a game. With DK, there's I, there's more weapons on that team. I feel like than than AJ Brown. I'm not worried about A.J. Brown getting, like, the double team or anything like that for some reason. You know, like Julio usually gets. Yeah. That, that doesn't worry me. I don't think you'll re- you'd see this team. that early in his career. He's, if they're going to double team him, I mean, they're going to open up a lot of stuff on the inside for Derrick Henry. So, 
I know. So I don't think they can do that. That's why I'm, I like him. He's really the only wide receiver I like on this team. Not going to lie to you. Yeah. The rest of them, I'm not even giving Corey Davis a look. He's just a disappointment. Uh, Adam Humphreys. I'm not going to take Ooh, those guys. Humphreys. There's, there's other. Well, Tajay Sharp. Tajay Sharp is also gone. He had a big part in the offense. Well, kind of big role in the offense last year. He's with the Vikings. So I think this opens it up for the tight end, Johnny Smith. And Collins kind of hyped him up quite a bit. I think you have a little too, Andy. I'm not as big on him, but I think he has a better role this year than last year. From that same week time frame, the 7th through 17, he was tight end number 13. And it's his third year. I've tried to rely on Johnny Smith before. It doesn't work. If you want to take a waiver, if you've already gotten someone that you know is going to be your starter, um, maybe you're not super comfortable with him, take him late. Take that second tight end, take a chance. Those are the kind of guys, Goddard and, and Johnny, that you'd, you'd want to – those are the only guys left, so – they got a shot to really step up in the offense, but well, who would you? I think Johnu would be better than okay. to, than uh, Goddard though, because Johnu's may only maybe only behind one or two guys. Goddard's literally the last dude I'd throw it to on that offense. What? I, He's probably the second guy I'd throw it to. Yeah, behind Ertz. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Hey, well, I was Sanders. Of, uh, yeah, that's a whole nother story. Deshaun Jackson. Deshaun Jackson for one no, game. No, 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 no. I've been thinking of. Uh, this is going to be really bad because I've been talking about the wrong guy the whole time. Um, and I still can't remember his name, and he went to my college. Blake Jarwin. Blake Jarwin. He's talking about Blake talk Jarwin. About yeah, no, he, he's going to be behind, like, CD and going. Amari Goddard's, and Gallup and Zeke. And all, yeah, yeah no, but. that's what I'm – Goddard's not back there. That That is more of the um, – Blake Jarwin. You like Goddard or John Smith better? Goddard. Goddard, Goddard. 100%. Goddard. Really? If you're talking Jarwin but, or yeah, – no, he. Smith, I mean, th- those are basically the same thing. I, I just okay, so, I don't know how many pass attempts are going to be available for yeah. this offense to go around. I know A.J. Brown's going to get his. We're not worried about Derrick Henry necessarily eating up targets. But how much are they going to throw the ball? Can they sustain a tight end one? I, I personally don't think so. A tight end's kind of a, a thin position in fantasy football lately. So – I it, my draft strategy, I'm probably not going after Smith. I'm not either. I'm not going after either one of those guys. Yeah, I think those are streamers. They're they're definitely going to be some streamers at some point. But I think he pushes for a tight end one, so top twelve. But it's just going to be like I think it's going to be an inconsistent kind of thing, you know? Like like, like he could do what Hooper did last year, right? Yeah, he could. No, they, 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 that's just not the same type of offense. Not the same. I mean, Matt Ryan's yeah, not Atlanta slinging the ball it. like seven hundred times. So I'm I don't know how much they're going to throw this year, but I I don't think I think he might just be a stash guy. I don't I wouldn't start him. But Gasecki's going in the same round, and if I had the chance to choose Gasecki in the thirteenth round, I'm all over it. So wait, are we expecting them to be down in games because of that Vegas projection? Uh, I'm not with this I'm division. Not, yeah, no. You have to play the Texans, the Jags, and the Colts for six games. Like, I I don't know what to make of the Titans because they were a good team last year, but they had an unconventional, really efficient, like, rushing offense. I don't know if they Mm -hmm. can carry that forward. Maybe Derrick Henry's just, like, a generational talent who could just rush for 200 fucking yards every game. I don't know. But other than Derrick Henry and and if you get Tannehill for the right value, I'm a little bit low on everything else here for for Tennessee fantasy-wise. I still like – I still like AJ Brown, yeah. but yeah, no, I don't buy the Johnny thing. Yeah, but th- I don't. 
I think tight ends are super important. If you're if you're at the bottom scraping the barrel like this, you got a problem. Well, I mean, we I mean, it's always nice to have a guy that has potential and see the upside. We talked about Will Disley in last episode, but yeah, but no one drafted him last year. He just you know, but there's always those guys. There's always those guys that no one knows about that you pick up, like your Waller and your Mark Andrews last year, and then all of a sudden they're like tied top five tight end. And I'm not saying that could happen every year. Colby had Higby, picked up Higby yes, in the middle sir. of the year. But like drafting TJ Hawkinson as the 14th tight end ahead of Johnny Smith, and I know that Stafford airs it out and slings it, but he's never had a successful tight end. That just doesn't make sense drafting Hawkinson before Johnny Smith. But if you're drafting either of those guys as your tight end one, yeah, yeah. you better have had a good draft outside of that because right. taking a tight end as a tight end one, those guys who are going to be like 10 to 15 range, you're kind of screwed there. So, I mean, if, if you're going to stash a guy like Johnny Smith, sure, fine, if, if that's your draft strategy. But you, you should not be drafting him as the first tight end on your team. No, not even a yeah, I agree. I agree 100%. Andy, I mean, I had last year at the end of 2019, they had the eighth best O-line. I mean, definitely pretty good, especially if they're moving people when they got a loaded box. Definitely pretty good O-line. Yeah, they, they're ranked 14. They lost a guy um, or two. Their cohesion score went down a little bit, but their run is still a B plus, so they're in the they're in the top 12 um, for, for run blocking. And Tannehill didn't have a real problem being on his back a ton like golf or someone like that so um yeah golf sucks um so yeah like I, don't, I, don't see a problem. I don't i don't see a problem for for either one of these uh o-line scores for them and i think the o-line will hold up all year they did really good last year and they they were a big part of that success so i think the team stays just as good i think the players have similar seasons the last year maybe just a little little regression um for Tannehill or I just don't know where people are seeing it. Like, I don't think it's a one-hit wonder thing. Right? No, like, I don't I think they did it all year. As soon as that quarterback change happened, it's not like a Fitzmagic situation to me at all. It's not that's sexy. the thing that, that gets a lot of people with that. It's they're they're not a sexy team. They run the ball. They like pound it down your throat. So I don't know. It's it's this whole division. This whole division is not sexy. It's hard to watch it all. Anyways, yeah, it makes me. It, it's like the Thursday night game. You know, you're right. watching the AFC South. The and Titans going to be terrible. All your eyes are going to bleed, but you're going to watch it. And <laughs> hey, they get like, pumped yeah. when Tennessee steps on the field. It's those Thursday my, games. Titans versus Jacksonville, where Derrick Henry goes off for 300 yards and four touchdowns. Those are type of Thursday night. And the games. color rush jerseys. Yeah, yeah, that makes me want to kill myself. I, <laughs> Hope, I, like I would, I would kill to watch that game right now, but man, those are those are brutal. Yeah, and then so from a team or defensive perspective, their first four games are the Broncos, Jaguars, Vikings, and then Steelers. I mean, I don't think this is a defense that I would particularly stream. Maybe against the Jaguars in Week Two, but I, I still think they have a pretty good defense. You know. I don't know a bunch of their players. Are they but... a defense that's getting drafted consistently as a top 12 one, or, or are they going to be able to like stream them week two? I think they are just because of that hype they picked up from the end of last year. Let me see if I can pull it up real quick. Yeah, I mean, they have the 26th hardest for the strength of schedule oh. for the first four weeks. So, so what I'm I, seeing... I'm not big on them, but... Yeah, I'm not... I guess not. From what I'm seeing, they're, they're showing the top 16 defensive draft... Yeah. defense is drafted this year and they're not on there so dang 
But yeah, no bueno. Yeah, but so, stream option. Like, somehow Dallas is there up. at eleven. So Ugh. I don't know. It's just name brand. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. but anyways, y'all good on the Titans? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, pretty pretty interesting team though. I think. I mean, got some fantasy viable players for sure. But uh, next, we're going to be talking about the Jacksonville Jaguars. Shaking his head. Matt Neely said he would cut off his dick for, for a Super Bowl for for a Uno Super Bowl. And I, I said, and I have no problem saying, no, I wouldn't do that. Would you cut your dick off for a Super Bowl? Oh, been married it's, 20 years. Yeah, probably. You've got three. <clears throat> As a player. I guess we'll be married for 20 years one day. Would you? All right, so before y'all get y'all's panties in a twist, we'll go ahead and let y'all know that we filmed this episode before the whole Leonard Fournette situation went down uh, obviously that affects a lot of fantasy teams and unfortunately it probably affects a lot of y'all's drafts because I mean I had to draft this past weekend and Leonard Fournette went in I don't think it was like the fourth round so if you own Leonard Fournette you're probably pissed but you got to move on so we're going to leave the original Jaguars episode or segment up there just because you can see kind of the contrast how it's going to be without Leonard Fournette and from what I can tell it just looks like the Jaguars are tanking you know pretty straightforward they got a quarterback in there that they're not too sure about obviously you know, if you're the worst team in the NFL you have a, you're gonna get Trevor Lawrence so I think there's a good chance that's what they're leaning towards I'm actually driving right now pretty crazy so if you hear me laying down the horn or getting some road rage you know why it's also raining so a little backdrop for you guys but let's go ahead and get into the, the details behind this. So, yeah, Leonard Fournette was, was dropped uh, two days ago, um, recording this on Wednesday, and shook the whole fantasy universe by storm. So basically, the, guy, the running backs that are on the team right now are Raquel Armstead, who actually got some work at the end of the year last year. He actually had 10 carries versus Indianapolis in week 17 for uh, 33 yards, and I believe he had 19.5 fantasy points. It's respectable. I mean, nothing too special. And then uh, the other guy is Devin Ozigba or something like that. You know, I, I would definitely rather have Armstead in this situation. But the thing is, too, the Jaguars have been in this situation before. I mean, you look back before Leonard Fournette era, you were running out TJ Yeldon, and hell, TJ Yeldon was not fantasy viable. He just filled up a roster spot, and sometimes you might have even started him, and you got just got pissed. You know, you're, I mean, they were rotating guys in, like Storm Johnson even. Denard Robinson, there you go. I mean, Jacksonville has been in this situation before. I don't expect one of those guys to be fantasy relevant. Are they worth a flyer? Not for me. I just don't think it's worth the spot, especially if you feel confident in the guys you just drafted. I mean, it's too early to be trying to get cute. The other thing is, too, there are some free agents available. You know, you got um, Devontae Freeman still is on. He's still a free agent, and I think that would be the way to go if they were to go a free agent. I mean, you got CJ Procise, Deontay Foreman, who's just released by the Colts. I don't really think those guys are that great, but you never know. I bet you they have to be looking for at least some sort of filler 
they can't be putting out too shitty of a product, even though they do want to tank, you know. Uh, gotta sell tickets to those computerized fans, lol. But, definitely gonna be pretty crazy. Other, other fantasy news, Kamara says he's gonna hold out, potentially, doesn't like his contract, Saints are open to trading him. I just see that as much bullshit. Like, he's gonna end up being a Saint. They're too... They're too good right now, and they've been too close to making the NFC Championship game that I wouldn't I wouldn't worry about him being on a different team. Does that mean I want to draft him in my first four picks? Yeah, I'm probably a little hesitant there. I mean, I, I definitely think he's going to slide. There's other guys that are more, um, more locked into their position and have similar talent. I mean, see Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, uh, you could argue. Derrick Henry, all those guys, but definitely interesting, something to keep in mind. If you do draft Kamara, I'd say you got to go get Latavius Murray, and at this point, you probably got to stretch on him, which sucks, but he's going to be the guy if Kamara misses a game or so. Uh, so, but back to the Jaguars, as far as how it affects wide receivers or other guys, well, for one, I didn't even mention Chris Thompson. You know, Chris Thompson, I didn't, I don't list as a lead running back because he doesn't, that's never been his role. He's always been a third down back. And I think he would have a big role in the offense even if Leonard Fournette was there. But even with Leonard gone, I think the opportunities are still going to be there for Chris Thompson. But now I think it's going to be, it's going to be even more so, obviously. Uh, they're going to be behind in games. They're going to be trying to air it out. I mean, last year, Leonard Fournette averaged 6.25 targets per game, which is incredible, especially for a guy like him who's not known for catching passes. So that's a bunch of bunch of dump-offs that got to be filled. Do I think it helps someone like DJ Chark? Uh, yeah, actually, I think it would. I mean, slightly. Not that Leonard Fournette was that good. I mean, he's pretty shitty. Like, they put all those stats out yesterday, if you saw, or the other day, if you saw him on Twitter, it's like... He only broke 67 tackles in three years, and if you look at uh, Josh Jacobs last year, Jacobs broke 70-something. Just Leonard Fournette wasn't good. He wasn't right for the situation. It's pretty sad that no team even wanted to trade for him. But Leonard, he, Leonard Fournette, he will end up on a team before the season starts. Maybe there's a, a late injury. Maybe it's like a running back two on a team and when a, you're not very confident, you're RB1, see Leonard Fournette going there. Some potential landing spots. I mean, you know what? I'm not even going to predict where Leonard Fournette's going to go. It's just so fucking hard. Like, there's so many, there's so many teams that don't value running back as highly. I mean, it's just how the league is going right now. He's not that good. Would you rather take a shot at someone who's unproven, who has potential upside? It's kind of like fantasy right now. You're taking a shot at someone who's unproven, but has that bigger upside? Then hell yeah, I'd probably do that instead of picking up Leonard Fournette and having a guy that's maybe not the best teammate. So, very interesting situation. Uh, it sucks for all y'all that went out and got Leonard Fournette. I mean, I definitely thought about it, especially at his value he was going at. Do I expect Leonard Fournette to still be drafted? Yeah, it's worth a flyer on. Definitely worth the flyer on. Maybe 10th, 11th round, 12th, something around there. 
but definitely not going to get the situation you want. So, anyways, that's my monologue. We'll get you back to the regularly scheduled program. And if you hear Leonard Fournette, think about it. Think about how the situation would have gone and disregard it. So, there you go. And I grab a hammer. And I uh, go back into my room. I take a pull of Jack Daniels. Put my hand down on the table and boom, boom, boom. One, two, three. Hit the hell out of my hand, dude. I'm sitting there shaking, but I know it's not broke, so I'm like, God, come on. <laughs> Take another pull. One, two, three again. Still nothing. I'm just shaking at this point, man. This is, but I, I knew it wasn't broken. So one more time, another pull, another three hits, and I, that was all I could take. I couldn't break my own hand. But when I when I told the guys, I was like, what would you do for more football? Because I'd do damn near anything. Welcome back to Real Talk Fantasy. Next up, we'll be discussing the Jacksonville Jaguars. Gary, what do you have for us? Yes, we're just continuing along with this shitty division. But there's definitely some guys in the Jaguars that have some fantasy relevance. Obviously, you got Leonard Fournette, DJ Chark. But anyways, last year, they were 6-10, and 10, which for them, honestly, wasn't too bad, in my opinion. Because this year, they're projected 4.5. They have the 22nd toughest strength of schedule. Somehow still coached by Doug Marone. After he just banking off that one year he had, what, 2017, 2016, something like that. But, uh, yeah, their offensive coordinator, Jay Gruden. So, if you all remember him, he was the coach with the Redskins, and he played call, he called plays for a good amount of his career. And to be honest, I don't know how he has a fucking job. Like, this dude is trash. The only year Washington had a good season under him, a good offensive season, was because Sean McVay was calling plays, and that was 2016. After that, his average finish is 18 as an offense, or he only had one top 10 finish for an offense. So, actually, that one might have been the Sean McVeigh Anyways, pretty shitty, but what do y'all think about the Jaguars this year? Did you give us an over-under for the game, the win games for the season for them? Yeah, four and a half. Oh, give me the over. Really? I don't, yeah, well, I don't yeah, know. I don't think they're that bad. Dude, they're I mean, tanking. They're, they're probably they're tanking for... for Trevor Lawrence, but Gardner Minshew is good, and they've got DJ Chark and Leonard Fournette, and they've stripped down the defense. I know. I think Calais Campbell's gone, obviously. Cornerback uh, guy who went to LA, Jalen Ramsey. Sorry, I couldn't remember his name Gardner's for a sec. not that good. Gardner's but, dude, Gardner is good. He's kind of a baller. Like, he's going to keep them in games at least. And I know Gruden's an idiot, but, like, I think. I think they're going to be in a lot of football games playing from behind and that the fantasy relevance of the Jaguars really for this, for the purposes of this conversation outweighs the fact that they might win four five, six games. Yeah. I, the whole team, they're just a big question mark to me. I, I know we had some upside last year with Fournette catching all those passes, but I don't love them. I don't love the players on this team. I'm not going to lie to you. I think almost in every situation I might I might use the argument that I have more faith in the team scoring more to take other players. So Yeah. I'm I'm not huge on the Jaguars. I think I think Gardner Minshew is fine, but he's just going to make it entertaining. He's not going to take your team to I don't know, the playoffs. He's, no, he's but a that's the thing. You're going to be in games with a guy like Gardner Minshew airing the ball out at least uh, trying to give yourself a, a He's airing the ball out. Win. And He's that's, what, that's why because they're down. Yeah, <laughs> they're no, gonna be I down big. De- definitely agree with you. They're not going to win a lot of football games. They're probably trying to be in that conversation to to go get Trevor Lawrence or or uh, Fields or something like that. 
But at the end of the day, I, I do think that DJ Chark is going to be an awesome wide receiver. I think he's going to put up great numbers. I like Fournette if he stays healthy. He's got all the talent in the world. So, again, I, I, I kind of like Gardner. I think they're like a frisky fantasy relevant team. Uh, I mean, yeah. I think you mean risky. Frisky, dude. Yeah. Like, I, if you I like DJ Chark. I like DJ Chark. Fournette finishes a, a, an RB1 and Chark finishes a wide receiver two, I would not be surprised at all. I mean, wide receiver two yeah, is I what just, he's going at, so that's not. No, that I know absolutely. I, I'm more so with uh, with Fournette there. Yeah, I, that, I that was definitely for sure. Uh, Do you think that Fournette topped out last year as far as usage? As far as like they used him up? Well, I just, mean, he was even catching. No, no, not using him up, but just like he was even catching passes last year, which no one expected him to do. So, and I think. So Chris Thompson comes in this year, and of course, everyone yes. remembers him with Washington. And who coached Washington? Jay Gruden. And not to say that like that's for sure going to happen, where Chris Thompson's on the field every third down. But I mean, you can't expect Leonard Fournette to do what he did last year because I believe Leonard Fournette last year did ninety-one point seven percent snap share, which was second in the NFL, only to Christian McCaffrey. You can't expect that for a guy like Leonard Fournette, who's not known to be the best. Uh, pass catching back. Imagine drafting Leonard Fournette over Christian McCaffrey. Like in oh, real yeah, life, it, like, yeah. like the Jaguars did that in real life. That's, that's tough. But I mean, the hype, the hype on him was great. You know, it, it could have been the fact that he played with LSU and SEC team. I mean, he's a beast no, when he's he on the field. He said it was, I, the he said it was not easy. great, but last year he put up 1,152 yards. He only got in the end zone three times, but he had 76 receptions. So if he, if Chris Thompson doesn't eat too much into that third down pass catching role and he finds the end zone just an average amount of time and regresses back to the mean there, he's right. going to have a good season. I, I think Leonard Fournette being a, a low end RB1 is, is not out of the question at all. Are you worried at all about injuries? Because you've always got to be worried about injuries, but it's going to be a unique season. You're going to have guys playing 12, 13 games because of COVID anyway. I, when he plays, he's good. It's like the AJ Green thing. Like it, that's built into his draft value. The fact that he mm -hmm. is on a bad team with a bad line and he is injury prone. But like the upside's there if you're getting him at the right value. Like beginning of the third round, mid third round, I, I take him every time there. Yeah. Is there is there not an argument there though that the reason he only had three touchdowns was because the team is not going to score that many touchdowns? I mean, to me. That's a good argument. But the though. team wasn't very There's good the year cut. before, and he had less. He had half the carries back in 2018 as 2019, and he scored five touchdowns versus three last year. I like think they're it, getting worse that's, and worse. Yeah, but they still were a bad team in 2018, and he didn't even play much, and he still found the end zone. He's talented. Like it, I don't see him being healthy for 13, 14 games and getting three touchdowns again. Like He'll, he'll get five Would or six. At least. Would you take him over Melvin? I would. Absolutely. 100%. Oh, yeah. That's on. no question. Well, Philip Lindsay's going to be the Connor starting running back. James Connor or Gurley? Uh, I'm not. I have him ahead of both of those. so far away of James Connor. I agree with Colby. I'm with Colby on this. There's a lot of shitty running backs right here. Dude, yeah, There's but those are your, your high-end RB2s. And I like a guy like Leonard Fournette where we've seen it before when he's on the field. Again, it's like that A.J. Green thing. He has the talent. When he plays, he puts up numbers over a Chris Carson, Melvin Gordon, Le'Veon Bell, James Conner, David Johnson. Like, Give me Leonard Fournette because I've seen it. 
I agree. I agree hundred percent. And so last year he averaged 6.25 targets per game. That's elite. Do I expect that to happen? No, of course not. But there's elite running backs out there that are averaging four targets a game. You know, like if he's doing, if he's still doing four next year, four and a half, I'm going to take that as an, as an upper, as a high end RB two, that's totally fine with me. If Leonard Fournette's your second running back on your team, I, I think you're in good shape, honestly. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Just got to stay healthy and maybe have some good quarterback play, maybe be in some games. That'll definitely help. Yeah, being on that frisky team, I don't know. Something about the Jags. They might not win a lot of football games, but I think they're going to be fun. It's it's going to be kind of like that Fitz Magic type of deal where they're always in games late, airing it out, like fun to watch. I, I like them for fantasy. That scares me if he's not getting the passing this year i just he's not on the field enough for me the last three years 91 percent of snap share when he's healthy though dude i get it i get it when he's healthy but i like i like more consistency out of my running back yeah but yeah but Um, i've never been someone to risk getting a really good player no you're not um, risking with that when i can that that is a risk when we go back to really he's played Outside of the outlier season where, yes, he was hurt and banged up and he's missed games here and there, and it probably left a bad taste in your mouth if you had him on your team in the past. He's played 15 games and 13 games in two of his three seasons. It's not like he's missing significant chunks of time. It's inconvenient if your RB2 is injured, but when he's on the field, he is producing RB2 type of numbers, and I I think he's being drafted at the right spot. I don't know. I'm looking at... Gurley, Mostert, or Ingram there instead. Uh, okay, Mostert. Oh, goodness. You can make it a good argument for Mostert there. I agree with Andy. But I don't agree with Ingram, and I don't agree with who's the other one. Gurley. Oh, oh, God. That one's easy. That one's an easy I actually team. have Gurley ahead of Fournette. It, it's Way just going to be hard easy. to watch Gurley play. You've seen the regression. You haven't seen the Ingram regression take from because Leonard Fournette. Team, team skill. What and, makes you... Um, Based on the fact that I, because I think of Joe Mixon and, and Leonard Fournette in a similar light, and Mixon's obviously going oh. way ahead of Fournette. What makes them different? I don't have any faith that that Mixon's going to run any better behind a bad line on no, a bad team, where they're going to be playing we, from behind. We've been over this, like I, that like if, episode, so. and I'm low on Joe Mixon, of course, but like, why so low on Leonard Fournette when his situation's identical to Mixon, who's being drafted back of the first, beginning of the second round? That's a good point. I, I, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a big Leonard Fournette. Well, not huge, huge, but I'm agreeing with you. Leonard Fournette at 20. If you're saying, if Andy, if you're saying that 20 is a risky pick for a running back who has potential to be a top one running back, I mean, I, that's I great. Go back to the injury history and someone potentially eating into his reps that made him so good last year. I'm, I'm just not a huge fan. I'm just saying there's question marks with a bunch of those guys in that that range. James Conner, Le'Veon Bell, Todd Gurley, Chris Carson, David oh Johnson is going ahead of them. I don't like, that makes me want to slip my wrist. As if big you draft with David Todd Johnson, Gurley. Andy, I'll let you have David Johnson every day of the week. When did Over. I say Ted, David, David Johnson's name? I, well, I'm just saying the guys that is go, that are going around him. Andy's just big on the Gurley yeah, and thing. I, I agree I'm, with you. There. Which is we're, fine. We're going by an equation here, are we not? We've been over this in the going on an equation. Well, the equation the equation can only do so much. Um, no offense, I agree. I agree. There's a lot of things you can predict. I mean, Snapchat is one of those. Talent is one of those. Pass catching is one of those. No, like he's checking that, all the boxes. That is, yeah, and the one you're, thing you're that big breaks on the O line. The one thing that breaks it is touchdowns in the red zone. 
And I don't see him getting those, so I don't see him breaking that usage benchmark, essentially. So, Yeah, it's going to be more than three touchdowns. I agree with Colby on that one. That's a career low for him, what, his fourth year, third year in the in the NFL. But, yeah, let's just keep moving. I mean, we talked about Gardner Minshew, but uh, from a fantasy perspective, I don't think anyone is going to be drafting him. Although, let's see, from weeks one through eight, he was quarterback 12. You know, that's a startable quarterback. Had a good touchdown to interception ratio, which you like to see from a rookie. He ran the ball a bunch, scrambled, but he's not fast. I mean, the guy's a grinder for sure. But would you even take a chance at Minshew? I mean, Colby, you, you're more on maybe Minshew. No, some, I'm not drafting us, a guy like that. I touched on in the last segment. I don't typically even draft two quarterbacks. And if I am drafting a second quarterback, it's going to be a guy like Tannehill. I love the, the role, the opportunity that he has. Um, I hope he gets a shot with another team after they do draft Fields or something next year. Uh, but no, I, I'm not drafting Gardner Minshew, even though I, I do like him as a player. Do you think he might yeah. be the next big uh, nomad he, in the league? I could like, see uh, that, yeah. He, he might hop around and end up being like, again, uh, he kind of reminds me of Fitzpatrick. He doesn't throw the picks the same way, but I think he might bounce around and end up just getting a starting job every couple of years with a different organization. Didn't college. It's a very good comparison, yeah. So that's, that's, I mean, he moved school to school in college as well. Yeah, we don't have to touch much on him. The main thing with him is his personality. He's he's a guy that you want to watch, you know. He said he made Corona run the <laughs> other way. <laughs> but, yeah, let's go ahead and talk about DJ Chark because I love D- I love DJ Chark. Um, so this is year three for him. We all know about year three breakouts. Definitely looked good last year. He's a freak athlete. Runs a 4-3, 440. Uh, and at the beginning of the year, weeks one through eight, he was wide receiver number five. And – that's pretty incredible, especially considering the fact that Foles went down game one and then he had to bring in a rookie and throw into him. And right now he's being drafted as wide receiver 20. That's 5.03. Andy, what do you think about DJ Chark this year? Uh, he's very I, – I owned him in one league last year. He's kind of hard to, you know, pick what he, what, what week to play him. Um, I'm looking at his consistency chart. And it was it – was, sometimes it was two, second overall performance for a wide receiver that week, and then he'd go back to 34, 61. Then he'd jump back up. It's just really it's, – it's, he's a tough player to decide to play week in and week out. Um, hopefully, you know, the cons- you hope the consistency goes up this year. But I think if you're getting him in the wide receiver two slash maybe even flex range, that wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. I, I don't hate him. Um I think that he will have plenty of opportunities and, you know, 23 years old as the number one wide receiver on his team. So that's that in itself. That's exactly what we're talking about with AJ. Brown. And another so. year with Minshew too. I, I think that'll be helpful. I know you mentioned that mm-hmm. he had mm-hmm. the rookie uh, QB come in last year. That'll be good for rapport. Actually the guy, he didn't, he would, didn't even lead the Jaguars in snaps as a wide receiver. It was Chris Conley who is actually still on the team. I mean, he's not. I'm not saying anything like as far as talent goes. Definitely went DJ Chark there, but it's interesting. The weeks where DJ Chark played the most was weeks nine through thirteen, and those are the only weeks where he was over ninety percent on the field. Other than that, it was pretty much you know seventy to the eighty percent range. And I want to see what he did during the those nine through thirteen weeks. I I see him going ADP wise currently in the fifth round just the beginning of it what what would your opinion of that be colby i know i've talked about a few times with you know if i get to the fifth round and people have already taken up all the guys i like i i might look toward dak or russell 
but I was just wondering what you were thinking of that. I think you'd be in a good spot if you have drafted two wide receivers before that. Now you're running the risk of going wide receiver heavy with with three picks in the top Ooh, yeah. five rounds. That's... But you you have an extremely high ceiling with DJ Chark in your flex. So if you are a guy who's drafting a, a second round wide receiver and turning around and getting a wide receiver two and three or four, and you want that high ceiling possibility, grab G- DJ Chark because he is undoubtedly the number one option. He got what, like 120 targets last year. He's got another year with his QB. They're going to be playing from behind every game and they're going to be airing it out. And I'm honestly, if you told me DJ Chark finished as a wide receiver one, even I, guys low in wide receiver one i agree and to answer my question earlier uh from weeks nine through 13 he was wide receiver 31 which is kind of weird uh considering that's he almost played 100 percent in all those games but yeah i totally agree i could see him be being a wide receiver number one like i don't have him there but is it a good decent possibility for sure i mean where do you have him what what wide receiver man i forget i got him at 21 Okay. I might have had him. I mean, hell, he's going at twenty. So, I mean, you must Sheesh. be a little. You're a little Sheesh. down on him. I didn't realize he was going that high. I have him in like sixteen through eighteen range, I believe. Like year three, I expect him to have a, have a good campaign. But I want to see that extra step, that step up from Gardner Minshew. It was just flashes last year, and I know he's kind of this filler quarterback on a terrible team, which sucks. But the other thing is they get a chance to air it out. So, and Andy, from your inconsistency perspective, I mean, that just comes with the trade of playing for Jacksonville, I think. Yeah. Uh, I, I hope for that to be better this year, especially if they can keep Minshew on the field the whole time instead of switching to a different quarterback mid-year and then switching back. You know, just yeah. um, you can build some consistency there on the team. I'm going to throw some names out here, just ADP-wise. So the the duo in Seattle – Keenan Allen and Terry McLaurin. Do you take DJ Chark all over any or all of those? I take him over everyone over. except for, which actually goes against, I need to update my big board here, but uh, I, I the only person I'm drafting ahead of him in that group is DK. Okay. Yeah, and, and I had DK up there in my ranks too. I'm sorry, Andy. Could you, so you said the Seattle duo, uh, Keenan Allen and, and Terry McLaurin? Yeah, I'm just I'm just a little down on Terry and uh, Keenan this year. I mean, Keenan's fucking done it every year, but just new quarterback. And I actually, for fantasy, hope I do hope it's uh, Justin Herbert at some point because I think he throws a better ball. I mean, if y'all watch Hard Knocks or even just Twitter, we saw Justin Herbert dropping dimes and it isn't to a net. But <laughs> we'll get to Philip Rivers. Yeah, I, I just think. I think DJ Chark's going to be outperform those guys. D- DK Metcalf, uh, he he could probably be in that same range as DK as DJ Chark. I think I have Metcalf ahead of him slightly, but definitely ahead of Keenan and Terry. Do we have any anybody else that we're we're big on as far as this team? Well, I wouldn't even. Say you know what was interesting? Else. Was interesting last year is the fact that if if when we watched preseason, we watched Nick Foles and he looked kind of good. And his main guy he was throwing to was D.D. Westbrook. And I, I hyped up D.D. Westbrook quite a bit during last year uh, before the draft. And it just didn't pan out like like I wanted to. Like last year he was drafted as a 26 wide receiver. Um, ended up being 42nd on the year. 
he's just not efficient, and there's not enough mouths to feed in this offense, especially with Fournette and Thompson now. But I don't think there's anyone else who can be relevant in this offense. Yeah, I think you're just kind of looking at uh, Fournette and Chark as the two guys. Yeah, and then you, you don't believe in Tyler Eifert? Fuck no. Yeah, so God damn it, dude. So if you, Okay, go ahead, Gary, but yeah, I should probably not even talk about No, we don't have, we don't need to waste time on this. We don't need to waste time. Well, I was just going to say I was just going to say Jake Gruden does like using tight ends. I mean, we saw Jordan Reed <sighs> have Jordan great Reed. years. God even damn it. <laughs> Vernon Davis when he was there briefly and hell, I think there's another guy. But anyways, I, I just don't see it with this team. Like Tyler Eifert's washed and fucking sucks, but yeah. Who's the old Cowboys tight end who uh, plays for Jacksonville? I mean, I see James Shaw, Snessy, Tyler Davis, and Josh Oliver. Uh, maybe he doesn't play for them. He did last year. That Oshaneski guy or whatever the hell his name is had some decent games last year. But, no, tight end is not going to be valuable in this offense. That about wraps it up for me. Uh, Jeff Swain. It was Jeff Swain. Oh, shit. Y'all remember yeah. him? Yeah, he played for Jacksonville uh, last year. I didn't know he left, but anyway. Yeah, O-line, pretty shitty. First four games, Colts, Titans, Dolphins, Bengals. That's kind of sexy. I mean, minus that Titans game, not that I would ever stream the the Jaguars, but I don't know. You could. Could be interesting. Y'all got anything else on Jacksonville? Nope. Nope. All good. All right. Next, we're going to be talking about the Indianapolis Colts. Welcome back to Real Talk Fantasy. Next up, we'll be talking about the Indianapolis Colts. Gary? What do you have for us? So, yeah, the Colts are going to be looking like a brand-new team this year. I mean, Brissett was kind of god-awful. Bring in Phillip Rivers, who also was god-awful. But last year, 7-9, I mean, they're pretty well-coached. Frank Reich, um, he actually coached Phillip Rivers from 2013 to 15 with the Chargers, and he was the offensive coordinator. But he actually got fired, I believe, because the offense was pretty shitty at that point. But – Ended up making back, so kind of full circle. It's interesting. Also, that offensive coordinator, Nick Sirianni, he was the QB coach at San Diego with Phillip and, and Reich. Anyways, um, Colby, what do you think about the Colts this year? I miss Andrew Luck. That's what <laughs> I think about the Colts this year. I don't dude. That guy was fucking awesome. He was like, oh, God, don't even get me started on Andrew Luck. But I, I don't know how to feel about the Colts. I, T.Y.'s. Eh, Jonathan Taylor might be good. Phillip Rivers is super wash. Wright's a decent coach or Reich or whatever the fuck it is. I don't know. Andy, you, yeah. you talk about him because I'm just thinking about Andrew Luck at this point. Yeah, I mean, I don't think the team will be terrible. I kind of like – I think there's potential on this team. I think with how good the O-line is, Phillip can get, you know, good blocking, be able to do what he needs to. I'm a little, little worried after watching him last year. He almost looked like Peyton Manning at the end of his last season with the, the fluttering balls, but yeah, there's nothing new really with that mechanic. So I think I think gross. Jonathan Taylor will have a great a great season. Um, I don't like how they've come out and say Marlon Max a starter. I was really hoping they'd just be like, yeah, it's an open competition. But I think someone needs to be back there to catch the millions of dump offs that Philip Rivers has to make, and I hope that's Jonathan whoa, whoa. Taylor. Whoa, Jonathan Taylor had 42 receptions in his three years at Wisconsin. That's fine. I, I, I just need someone to be back. Wisconsin threw so the ball Hines. 42 times in his three years at Wisconsin. <laughs> <laughs> I probably hey, did. I'm just, you know, I don't think Hines is the one to get it done there. 
as far as catching the ball out of the backfield. I think they want to use Jonathan Taylor. They used the draft pick for him. Yeah. And I think he's more talented than Marlon Mack, so I expect him to take the job. His target share did go up in 2019 with Wisconsin's 10.3. I know we're talking college, and it's hard, especially with no preseason. Keep saying it. It's so fucking pissed. And but no one Josh watches Jacobs is going to catch 60 passes. Like, tell me I'm honestly, other than the Big Ten Championship last year when they played uh, Ohio State, I've never watched Jonathan Taylor. But he was, like, the best running back. Yeah, running against Iowa Washington. and Purdue it, and fucking Northwestern. Yeah, decent decent defenses. Maybe not North, Northwestern. But, like, Hubbard, in 2018. Oklahoma State was the best running back in the NCAA last year. Oh, God. Just saying. Like, hashtag go post. But, I don't know. Uh, I don't think I'm, I'm – I love the O line. If you could draft an O line, I think <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the Colts would be would be a team. Defense is actually pretty good too, um, but it's it, there's just so much uncertainty right now going on in that running back position. Like, if Marlon Max can be listed as starter, even if Jonathan Taylor starts to outperform him, what game does he end up taking the bulks? And do you think he just takes it over outright, or do you think Marlon Max does roll? It's just there's there's a lot of uncertainty in that, but. I think both of these guys are going to be end up being game flow dependent. Yeah. You know, not I, catching I know. a lot. I have of... a lot more faith in Taylor. I think, I think he's super talented, and with that other line, someone, I, it doesn't fit my model for the the equation of you know him taking at least seventy five percent of the the work share there. But man, I'm just I really can someone just get hurt? Like that's hey, where I'm at at this point. Marlon Mack broke his hand last year, right? Yeah, I don't know if I'm even comfortable taking Mac this year with with both of those guys, you know, right on his heels. And f- we know Phillip likes to utilize the running back in the past game. So uh, I'd be scared if I was him, and I'm scared to take him for that reason. So Yeah, and so right now Jonathan Taylor is going at 22. Mac is going at 33. I definitely would not want Mac in that situation. And the fact that Marlon Mack averaged 4.2 yards per carry running behind that elite offensive line. Now, I know Brissett sucked, but still, I, I think it might be time to try something new. So I, I kind of agree with you a little bit on the hype for Jonathan Taylor, but I, I just think it's too risky right there when I can get a Raheem Mostert in that same range, potentially even a Leonard Fournette. I don't know. I, I'd even I'd even, even trust longer on those two. Those guys are going fit the end of the fourth, fifth, right? Uh, so Fournette is going in three point oh eight. Taylor four point oh three. But then you got a guy uh, like David Mike referring to Mostert there. Sorry, keep going. Oh, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, you got a guy like David Montgomery going four point oh five. The twenty third running back, Devin Singletary twenty four, Mark Ingram twenty five. Those guys, in my opinion, all have a better role than what Jonathan Taylor does. Yeah, he definitely is. He would be that guy you have to take a chance on. So, And it's hard taking you know, a chance on rookies. We saw it. You don't really know if you're going to do it until you get to that spot. <laughs> like, yeah. until you're put in the situation where you need to make that decision, it's very hard to know whether you're going to take Jonathan Taylor or not. But, like I said, I don't think I'd, – I'd, I'd risk something like that with a number one O-line – in a very talented running back. Yeah, I mean, Jonathan Taylor is just elite speed, 4.3940, 99th percentile on the speed score. They compare him to Zeke. You, you like the talent for sure. 
I just you, you got to see it. You know, Colby, you got anything on that? Yeah, no. Jonathan Taylor's really talented. I don't know that I love the team situation. I think they're probably going to be playing from behind. They do have the good O line, but it's gonna. I don't know about his opportunity. It's going to be a weird season. I think you're taking a risk getting Jonathan Taylor. So mm-hmm. I've had him in a couple of mock drafts when he slid a little bit, and I thought I could get him for the right value. But looking at Jonathan Taylor as an RB2 or a flex option, is I, I, something about it makes me nervous. And there's there's a bunch of wide receivers in that fourth round, that late third, fourth round, that you could go out there and potentially have a number one wide receiver. And you just don't know what you're going to get with Jonathan Taylor. I don't know. Let's move on. Um, so before we start talking about wide receivers, I mean, we kind of touched on Phillip Rivers, but not really. I mean, he's 38 years old. Last year was quarterback 15. Not a guy that I would be drafting by any means. But in 2014 and 2015, when he was with uh, Frank Reich, now obviously he was a lot younger, still threw the ball pretty shitty, but he was quarterback 12. Just nothing exciting here to me. It, it looked bad last year. Last year looked very bad. I mean, Andy, does this devalue some of your wide receivers? Or, I mean, these receivers aren't that great anyways. I mean, what, do you, what do you think yeah. of Phillip Rivers? Yeah, I mean, the only one, the other one, Pittman and Campbell are going very late. So, I mean, T.Y. is the only real guy that I believe is affected in this situation, right? And I want to say T.Y. is pretty high on the consistency charts the last few years. But I could just be blatantly wrong about that. Uh, Last year was pretty bad. Yeah, well, I mean, you only played 10 games. When you're the best wide receiver on Andrew Luck's team, you're going to put up numbers consistently. Yeah, that is true. I I think Phillip Rivers is washed. I don't don't think he's good for the – if your question is, is he good for the situation, Gary, I don't think he is good for the the situation here. Do I think he's better than Brisket? Um – Maybe. Chris gets way better <laughs> than... Hey, he's still on the team. Let's make this a competition. No, but it, it's just like I'm staying so far away from T.Y. Hilton. I don't know. What's he going? He's going as... I've never been a big fan. So. Neither have I. Neither have I. I don't have his ADP pulled up, but I can do it real quick. Yeah, and just... I mean, Philip, man, I feel so bad for that guy. Finally, I mean, this is the same team where the line and where the hats to say run the damn ball. So that's really what I'm hoping they're going to do. And I hope Jonathan Taylor is a big part of that. And that's what I want out of this out of this entire offense is Jonathan Taylor to be just a stud. So I did have one question that we kind of just skimmed over. Colby, I, I see Devin Singletary and Melvin Gordon near where Jonathan Taylor is being taken. Who would you take out of those three? Uh, I'd probably go Melvin Taylor, then uh, Singletary. You're just a, you're just a big Melvin I, fan. He's talented. Give me the Wisconsin wider oh. uh, running back that I've actually seen put up top top five running back numbers in the NFL. So, yeah, give me. I know he's got the talented Philip Lindsay, who I'm a big fan of as well. But yeah, give me Melvin. Then I'd go with Jonathan Taylor, just because you you do have to assume the risk of the fact that they're. They might not be a good team. They might be dysfunctional. Phillip Rivers very well may be fucking horrible, which I think is the case. And so uh, I just I, – I don't know. They've got they got a good line, but give me uh, give me Melvin. I've seen it. Then uh, what's his face? <laughs> Jonathan Taylor. Taylor, Taylor and yeah. then, uh, then Singletary. 
Did you see the report that Melvin's having trouble adjusting to the altitude? God, what an idiot. <laughs> what an idiot oh, for having trouble funny. adjusting to the altitude, or what an idiot for going Dude, to the Broncos? Well, yeah. Well, the the Broncos are idiots for signing him. But, like, how do you – if you are now playing for a team and you know you're going to be in the altitude, like, are you not working out in Colorado? Like, did he just show up there? Probably. I mean, I, I don't think there's – I don't think there's a big excuse for that. Yeah, he'll adjust though. But, I mean, he'll, it takes it takes a few weeks. He'll be fine. I don't know. You I know, you know who's adjusted? Who's had over a thousand yards the past two years? Philip Lindsay. Ooh, uh, you have to be above five seven okay. to okay. be a starter. Dude, there's so many five seven seven running backs now. It's ridiculous. Like Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Yeah. I actually don't even. Mm. <laughs> Uh, okay, so moving on from the wide receivers, considering, you know, we don't really have very much well, to say about him. We can talk about it. I mean, Paris Campbell, this is his second year, right? Uh, he, he His 40 is 4-3-1. I mean, he's pretty good. Ohio so State, another big 10. That's true. He could be I'm not saying drafting these guys. I'm just saying, like, he, the problem is, is last year, everyone was hyping up some of these wide receiver two potentials on the uh, Colts. And... There's just this offense has just sucked. I mean, Brissett is bad, um, Rivers is bad. So I agree with the Andy. Yeah, let's just move on. But Michael Pittman, they drafted him uh, in the second round this year, and then Zach Pascal, who actually led the team in snaps for wide receivers. Moving on to the tight end position, <laughs> um, Eric I, Ebron. I, we talked yeah. about it on the last episode a little bit that Eric, I'm Eric Ebron's on this team. I just wish he was um, with Andrew Luck, Jack Doyle. Um, I don't think, you know, Jack Doyle is a terrible option. You you asked for a deep, deep sleeper um, in the last yeah. episode, and I gave you this name just as a – Phillips always – you know, this is going back to the, you know, what quarterbacks really like their tight end. Phillips always loved his tight end, um, always been Yeah, relevant. it was also Antonio Your Gates tight end, so fucking Jack Doyle. And Hunter Henry. Hunter Henry. I mean, <sighs> I'm not saying he's going to be number one right. here. I'm saying if you wanted a deep sleeper, Jack Doyle, not not the worst pick here. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd, I'd, I'd consider it, you know, you see, like I said, you see him out there. You Your guy went down with an ACL tear. You know, you had a Will Disley or someone that you, you – Your season's over, dude. You found a guy to your count season's on. season's over. <laughs> you can't you just can. quit, Colby. What happened to I'm the guy who uses my grit <laughs> It, it scrapes back during the season. Never started morning, Jack never Doyle, bro. You know what happened to that? Never started huh? Jack hey, Doyle. You know, historically, I don't have the numbers pulled up, but I mean, obviously, Andrew Luck was there whenever he had his best success. But whenever Ebron didn't play and it was just Jack Doyle, he was a top ten tight end, maybe even top eight. But last year wasn't the case. Ebron missed weeks thirteen through seventeen, and Doyle was tight end twenty one. You have a bit, a little bit more competent quarterback play this year. I agree with Andy. It's something to think about. Like, do I want him on my team? No, I'd be more interested in a guy like Stash and Disley because I have Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson throwing the ball. But got to consider for sure. But yeah, I mean, so Jack Doyle's around that range of actually Eric Ebron's in that range too. And uh, let me pull it up. I mean, we're talking, we're talking deep. I mean, yeah, he is. He he. They're in the same the same area of being, you know, Ben Roethlisberger's tight end slash being Philip Rivers tight end. These guys, you, you just look at the history. That's how some people predicted Hooper last year with, you know, Matt Ryan is always used as tight end. Why wouldn't he use him now? 
So, yeah. um, I it's just something to look at, Colby. It's not. I'm not saying go draft the guy. Hey, Andy, I mean, what are you doing? I mean, like, what? Just keep your eye on him. Like, what's the? Absolutely. Okay, I'll keep my eye. You gotta on have people that you're prepared Jack Doyle to, on waivers to, to keep your eye every on. week as he sits on waivers all well, season. Well, well, here's here's the deal. So there's hundreds of wide receivers you could draft from, and I think probably the total that'll be drafted in a typical 12 team, what 16 roster spot league, is going to be around 70 70 wide receivers. Do you take the chance on a tight end that's potentially going to have a better role than, let's say, like the 20th or the 70th um, wide receiver, like late in the draft? I mean, you, like last year, you could end up with a um, Mark Andrews or a Waller the Baller, man. He's going 14.04. If you're taking him in the last two rounds or taking him, you know, picking him up off waivers because you've already had something happen with your tight end, I, I don't see the problem with that. He could blow up. Tight ends come out of nowhere all the time. I agree. Gary Gary proved me wrong on that already this episode. So Trey Burton still on, it was picked up this year, and he actually played with uh, Frank Wright whenever he was the offensive coordinator for Philly. I don't know. Trey Burton was hyped up a couple years ago and never really panned out. But you never know. It's going to be an interesting team. Like I said, not a team that I'm particularly looking at to draft any of the guys. Great O-line. Great O-line. Fantastic O-line. We should draft <laughs> I'm taking Quentin Nelson first overall. <laughs> That'd be great. So if you want to look at this defense, though, for week one, they're playing the Jaguars. And you got Vikings, Jets, Bears. That Jets Ooh. and Bears, I mean, you might want to keep this team around for a couple of weeks. I don't know. Yeah, give me, uh, give me Leonard getting some picks there. I like that. Yeah, he's a good player. Yep. Um, y'all got anything else on the Colts? No, Not this team sucks. It. Number one, number one easiest running back strength of schedule. Mm. And best of all, Pre- preseason. Oh, I mean, yeah, keep keep your eye on Jonathan Taylor can be a quality pick. I, I just, in that instance, like, don't be the guy who gets CEH and Jonathan Taylor. Like, if you got Christian yeah. McCaffrey, no. get yeah. get yourself a, a Jonathan Taylor type of guy as an RB two in the fourth or fifth. Or round, if he's an sure. RB, or if he's an RB three. Yeah, yeah. If if you want to go RB heavy early and you go first and second round with an RB and then you know take another one in the fourth or fifth, like get a Jonathan Taylor. He, he might be a really valuable piece for you, um, just because the line is, is so solid. But I just I think they're going to be playing from behind a lot. I think it's going to be some ugly Philip Rivers. I think Brissett is going to end up playing football games. Honestly, really. I do, yeah. I think Philip Rivers really sucks, and I love him. I really do. I hope him and his eleven kids have the best luck ever <laughs> in there. They should be starting. Your but, yeah, no, you, you start a fucking football team. With <laughs> oh them. my god! Yeah. All right. Well, next we're gonna be wrapping it up for this episode and talk about the Houston Texans. First play you've called out right today, five five. It's the first one you've called right. You. One of them, one of them you got right went for like 50. <laughs> Y'all put that stinking blitz on tape. Y'all think that's a good blitz? Y'all think that's a good blitz, Rolando? Woo! Good night! Good night to all! Good night! Woo! Welcome to Real Talk Fantasy. Next up, we'll be talking about the Houston Texans. Gary, what do you have for us? Dude, this is just the shit show on top of the shit show division. Just the way they run this team, man. On top of the shit show city. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Agreed. It is a shit show city. But anyways, um, dude, 
I don't know what the hell they're doing up there. They get rid of their best receiver, arguably one of the best receivers in the league, pick up a huge-ass contract. They pay Jeremy Tunsil a shit ton of money. I don't know what the hell's going on. Clowney obviously gone two years ago. J.J. Watts washed. All this shit, you know. Last year, somehow, they ended up being 10-6. and six. They projected seven and a half wins. So pretty weird to see that other teams in this division are projected more. Houston Texans usually been dominating this division for the past couple of years. Anyways, the fucking idiot head coach, Bill O'Brien. <laughs> uh, you know, dude, someone someone just talk. <laughs> yeah, and if you're from Houston, I am not apologizing. I hate your city. But, yeah, I mean, there's not very many bright spots. I'm kind of worried about Deshaun. It's kind of the opposite of the Phillip Rivers situation where, like, you're worried about the wide receivers because of Phillip. Now I'm worried about Deshaun because of the wide receivers. Yeah. Um, Will, Will Fuller and Cooks, like – Someone in Randall Cobb, even by the way, um, mm-hmm. someone there in Kenny Stills and Kiki. I mean, geez, man, all average. Talk about just everyone being average. Yeah, I'm. I'm worried. Will Fuller can't stay healthy. We just know that. Brandon Cooks. I mean, he he gets one concussion. I think he's done for his career. So it's one concussion, he might die. I know, man. I I'm gonna feel bad if the O line doesn't block this year Deshaun may die it won't and he won't he's talented I mean you're talking about moving Deshaun down though like what it it's not like he's gonna not be a quarterback one right no no yeah I just feel bad what do you have him though yeah and I feel bad for him too but he's a stud like I think he's a he's a really fantasy viable QB I've got him at seven he's been running around for years making plays like who's ahead of him on my list um, and then also after you get those, I just want to know who you have right behind him. I have right so. behind Deshaun, uh, Matt Ryan, and Drew Brees. Okay, so kind of okay. like the ADP. You got – so Watson's going at six, and then Drew Brees at seven, Matt Ryan at eight. It's just after you're like your, – I don't know, tier one is probably Mahomes and Lamar. Tier two, you probably got Wilson, Dak, and Kyler, I could say. And then your your tier three is arguably a lot bigger with Watson, Breeze, Ryan. You throw Brady in there, Josh Allen, Newton, maybe. Mm. See, yeah. I have Josh Allen at six, but my tier one is definitely Lamar, Pat, and Dak. If we're gonna really okay. get into tiers, there, okay. Dak's gonna that's tear fine. it up. Absolutely. I think I actually think it's gonna be over seven and a half wins. I think that's a decent bet because Deshaun Watson is just a winner. And he's going to keep you in games, regardless of how much Bill O'Brien wants to just blow up this whole team. So last year, he was quarterback five on the year in the games that he played because he sat out. He only played 15 games. He sat out that that last game because they already had burned playoffs. He was quarterback two from weeks one through 16. So that's pretty dang good. I know Dak finished the year on QB2 and everyone thinks of it as that way, but it was Deshaun Watson. He had a good year. No, yeah, Deshaun. I mean, he he can run around and create time and make plays. Like I, I do worry with Hopkins gone, but like he, they're they're gonna have to throw the ball. He's talented. He's probably one of the top three or four most talented quarterbacks in the league right now. He he's gonna be a, a top tier QB with Dak with your top three. With your no, top three? I, when I say top tier, I, I mean like a like a top seven like you, okay. you're not doubting like you're not going to bench Deshaun Watson if, if you're drafting him for a different QB in, in a given week you're going to be starting Deshaun Watson every week he just leaves me uneasy I mean I know he's going to be great I don't have his ADP pulled up right now but do you think he's 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 going behind Wilson and 
He's Dak. Do you think he he's more valuable because of that, Colby? Because you think it'll be so close between that? Do you think that he's he's more of a steal since he's going later than I, them? I, and you can really in my scenario, I want to get a Kyler, a Dak, a Russell. Um, in, in that range okay. where they're being drafted, I think they're being drafted uh, at the appropriate spot. But mm-hmm. if I'm yes. getting to the point where I'm deciding on a, a Deshaun, I'm probably taking a chance and waiting and getting a, a Josh Allen. And I know we talked about it when I was okay. a guest a, a couple of weeks ago. Um, but yeah, I, I've actually like Josh Allen a little bit more than Deshaun. So I probably won't have a lot of Deshaun on my teams this year, but I do like him. I mean, you're, you're getting a built-in floor. He's a stud. Yeah. You know what you're getting. You're getting a top tier, so to speak, quarterback in, in drafting Deshaun. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm kind of in the same way. I'd almost rather wait. You know, that another round or two, see if I can get Matt Ryan, Josh Allen, someone like that around. I believe they're going around later. I'm gonna pull up the ADP right and now. And he's kind of got that. Yeah, I, I, I do anticipate him going a, a little bit earlier, just because he is Deshaun Watson. Where like a Josh yeah. Allen is not going in the same range, and you might get the exact same production from the two guys, uh, fantasy wise. So right now, Deshaun Watson's going at, as quarterback six, six dot oh nine. So in perspective, Kyler's going as quarterback five, six dot oh three. Drew Brees is seven, seven dot oh eight. Matt Ryan eight, eight dot oh one. Then Tom Brady, same round as Matt Ryan eight dot oh six. God, give me a break. <laughs> but. I don't see too much of a drop off from last year for Deshaun Watson. And like I said, just too talented. Would I rather have Dak, Russell? Yes, for sure. Kyler? I don't know. I think Deshaun Watson could, yeah, I could see him definitely having a better year than, than Kyler just because Kyler is still kind of new. You know, you got the five. But give me the guy eight, who but- gets. DeAndre Hopkins and not the guy who loses him. Like, I know that's not everything for fantasy, but Kyler's getting a lot of help with with a new elite wide receiver coming in. And Deshaun's going to, for the first time, have to deal without having that elite wide receiver. And I've talked him up. I, I like Deshaun, but it, you, I like Kyler more. I mean, I like Kyler a lot, too. I think he, he throws a really good ball and he's got great weapons. But what if we think Houston is not going to be as good this year? So last year ten and six, pretty dang good. Let's say that drops down two wins. You think the game flow is going to be more in their favor, and Deshaun Watson's just trying having to air it out? Maybe some high scoring games. I know their defense isn't that great anymore either. It could line up for Watson yeah, having I mean, another pretty good year. I mean, his, his wide yeah. receiver is still respect respectable if they can stay healthy. Yeah, two years in a row as the fifth best quarterback. Uh, he missed one game last year, and he played all 16 that, that sophomore year of his. So, I mean, I I do think he'll be up there again. It's more of, in my head, he's in the no-man's land for me. He I'm either reaching in the fifth to go grab Russell or Dak, or I think I'm going to play the strategy of waiting on my and quarterback. I, until I tend to feel the exact same way, Andy. And yeah. I, I think it's funny how quickly we forget Deshaun Watson is a guy who has torn both of his ACLs. And has a terrible offensive line. Like, I I don't want to be that guy. I would never wish that on him. And I think he's probably past that point in his career. He'll probably be fine. But he's torn both his ACLs. He's, what, 24 years old and has one of the worst offensive lines in the league and an idiot head coach. Like, something could very well happen to him. He could be like a Derrick Rose of of the NFL if something happened. Like, dude, he has no regard for the safety of his body. 
If you watch him play, it looks he like he's going to... RG3. I mean, think about how good RG3 was his first couple of years in the league. And then he got banged up and his knees didn't hold up. And I mean, it, it all it takes is one hit, one awkward landing, right. and it's over. So, and he, he takes... I, again, I don't want to, like, count on that. I don't want to be that guy. Deshaun's a stud. But mm. it's funny we just forget that because it's been a couple of years now since he's actually had one of those. But his rookie season, he tore an ACL and he tore the other one in college. Yeah. And that's definitely something that's concerning for sure. And the fact that he's putting, he, I mean, he, he's a competitor. And I think for him, like, he's going to go fight for that extra yard. That's kind of like the, your Minshew and Fitzpatrick. And it's just it's just dangerous for a guy that's had that injury history and a terrible O-line, not a good situation to be put in your, like, career on the line. But I don't I still think he has a good year if he stays healthy. Um, but it sounds like y'all would be passing on him especially at that sixth round. I will say, I, I think I might actually like him more than Kyler still, but that is a coin flip for me at that point. Yeah. So, no, I mean, I, I agree with you. I think that's, those are two guys that are definitely right there with each other, kind of play the same. Yeah, I just don't think this is a surprise to think that, you know, Dak finished second last year and Russell's done it so many times. that I don't think it's a surprise that I think they're above, above him. I think I'm accurately ranking him with what a lot of other people think it's just what it comes down to for me is draft strategy and yeah for me me like my strategy I I think we're kind of in the same line of thinking Andy you either go get one of those Kyler or Dax who has QB1 upside because of the offensive weapons they have the offensive coordinator different different factors like that with a guy like Deshaun I don't see him with the weapons that he has and the Mm -hmm. offense that he's in being a quarterback one so at that point I'd rather wait a couple of rounds, get a Josh Allen, a Matt Ryan, a Drew Brees, if I can, you know, wait it out. Yeah, I, I mean, even though I'm hyping him up, I don't see him on my team in many leagues. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's just one of those guys that he's going to go perform, maybe not as sexy as a late-round pick that could do the same. But, yeah, anyways, let's just keep moving here. So let's talk about the running backs before we get to these wide receivers. So, yeah, they made that trade with DeAndre Hopkins. They get rid of him and bring in some washed-ass running back, David Johnson. Fuck it. Who cares what the fucking trade was? (laughs) He he fucking sucks. Um, So, last year, he led Arizona in snaps, which is kind of surprising because you saw a lot of the downfall at the end of the year. This is snaps at the running back position. But he's almost 29. Last year, 3.7 yards per carry. There's nothing going the right way for David Johnson. But yet, he's being taken as running back 18. Colby, are you any way interested in David Johnson this year? You get a couple of Coors Lights in me and and potentially. (laughs) But uh, in all honesty, no, I'd have to be uh, highly inebriated to go anywhere near David Johnson. (laughs) Just the thought of it makes me sick. Like... Take David Johnson at RB18, and I'll laugh my way to kicking your ass every time I play you in the season. Fair enough, man. <laughs> Andy? I, I would pass on him purely because in that range, I, I'd, I'd be praying that Todd Gurley got there instead. I almost think he's like a poor man's situation of what Todd is looking at this year. Right? So, yeah, we look, we look at the – Todd Gurley actually really lacking. is maybe talented, though. Like no, I, that's 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 where I'm getting is if you look at the five things like the O line for Todd is good. It's not. Then the you know the catches and the rushes will be there for David Johnson, but 
And then you go look at the, you know, do you think he's talented? And do you think you'll have a lot of red zone opportunities? And I, you can make an argument for one of those, but I just don't think the talent's there anymore. So, I mean, that's that's such a weird spot. I'd take Chris Carson, Todd Gurley over him in a heartbeat. Yeah. When, when you start looking at, you know, the Fournette, Melvin Gordon, David Montgomery, Jonathan Taylor, I'm just, you know, like Colby said, it's going to – I'm going to bet to be desperate or drunk, like <laughs> one of the two things. Or both. So get, get you all drunk. Is that what I'm hearing? I mean, you can try, but, dude, yeah, David Johnson, I just watching him the last two years, the, you didn't see the skill. You, the only argument you could really make to convince yourself of it is, oh, well, Arizona didn't want to use him the way he's supposed to be used. But the dude just didn't look good. So I at least saw some spurts out of Gurley, you know, when they played him in the red zone like we talked about last episode. And I, I have hope for him. But David Johnson, the only reason he'd have a good season is because he's going to – because Duke Johnson is not going to – take reps from I was actually about to say Andy I think that's a good segue I I, at their ADP would take the other Johnson in this backfield Mm -hmm. over David Johnson at their ADP at their ADP of course yeah I'm not saying he's going to outscore him overall in terms of just just points versus points but no yeah I'd if you're taking David Johnson in the third or fourth round man that's just way too early he's washed he doesn't have much talent the team might just have to throw the ball 40 times a game this year because they're not going to get much production on the ground. How, wait, wait, how many times this year do you think someone accidentally takes Duke Johnson? No, oh, instead oh. of David Johnson. Oh, D. Like, Johnson? For the Texans running back? Yeah, yeah. that. That's going to be a happen, rookie mistake. Right? We're gonna gonna that'd be a Colin mistake. But for Colin, it probably wouldn't be. A, it'd probably be on purpose. I think it'd be more likely <laughs> yeah. that you like trade him to somebody. Like, hey, I'll give you David Johnson for so and so, and you just give him Duke Johnson instead. It's like when Grinkowski's brothers were out there, and you're like saying, "Hey, you want Grinkowski?" <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, it's probably Gary's wa- waiver tricks. Yeah, you know, you got to do what you got to do. You know, get some beers and someone. I guess we're sponsored by Coors Light now. But yeah, so. It is. It's interesting because last year, Carlos Hyde, who's not a good running back by any any means, he was dropped by the the Chiefs, and then Houston ends up picking him up. They already had Duke Johnson, and then Carlos Hyde goes out and gets over a thousand yards. And I want to say David Johnson is more talented than Carlos Hyde, especially with his ability to catch passes. I mean, even though he he had three point seven yards per carry in that offense last year, there was a couple plays where he made catching the ball or he looked pretty good. Not, not to say like he's great, but there's going to be opportunity in this offense. And so I'm going to end up taking him. I can already tell he's going to fall in our league specifically. I, I believe he falls and I'm, I'm going to have taken some wide receivers early because everyone took running backs. And, uh, I, I could see me going, you know, he's just a guaranteed starter. Might as well and doing it. But, I, you know, it's not the worst option out there. So It's not sexy, but he might just it's end not, up being an RB2. Yeah. yeah. In my head, I, I go, yeah, he's going to get at least 75% of those handoffs, right? He's so, yeah, speaking of Duke Johnson, so last year he played 48% of the snaps, which is pretty dang good, 62 targets. Um, he's younger. He's about to be 27 years old. And when he ran the ball, kind of effective, 4.9 yards per carry. Yeah. And the Texans as a whole, and we'll talk about wide receivers in a minute, 
they're fourth in vacated targets with 167. Yeah. A lot of that's all Hopkins, but hey, maybe that more of that goes to the running backs too. You know, and he's he's your pass catching guy. I'm just I'm looking for Deshaun to extend plays and push the ball downfield. I think that's what makes him so so electric. So I I don't know maybe they've got to go somewhere, but like that's the thing I don't feel confident in their wide receivers either. I don't know mm-hmm. what to make of them, and I feel like an idiot saying that. But I like I trust in Deshaun. I know he's going to throw the ball somewhere. He's going to make stuff happen. But I don't necessarily love the weapons that he has. Just just one more narrative I want to throw out there about David Johnson. Yeah. Um, do you think maybe Bill O'Brien gets in his little pea brain and goes, you know, I got to prove that that trade was the correct trade to make. I got to use this guy. And he's That'll be a hell stud. of a way to end his last season, just giving David Johnson the ball <laughs> 300 times. That's a good point, though, Andy. I mean, you give away the best receiver on your team and best top three receiver in the league. I mean, he's going to be getting the ball. <laughs> That's, I mean, true. Ta- That's true. That's true. I would love that. <laughs> That'd be great. I mean, hey, two years ago, two years ago, he was elite, right? David Johnson. Hey, I'll guarantee yeah, I was, I three, he'll go over a thousand yards if he gets three hundred carries. <laughs> oh my! <God>. Okay, <laughs> to run for like anyway one thousand eight yards on three hundred eleven carries, and that's gonna be fucking incredible. We're gonna move on to the wide receivers, where we could literally put five in a lineup and probably couldn't tell the difference <laughs> if you looked at their stats at the end yeah. of the year. Um, Randall Cobb might be kind of sneaky good. Are you worried about his age? Thirty years old. I was last year, and he's still like he was uh, what third, fourth option, and still mm-hmm. got a ton of targets. Like he was, he was fairly effective, and he's gonna be taking over a larger role down in Houston. So I, I think he could be. I mean, where where is he being drafted right now, Gary? Fuck, I'm not even interested in him. So I have it written is down. Is he? <laughs> you think he is? Being drafted? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 16th, so no. Uh, he should be drafted. I'd say that if – I'm taking Randall Cobb in the 14th or something like that. All right, have fun. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of sexy. Give me some Randall Cobb. It could. You just don't know with any of these guys, man. I definitely think Brandon Cooks and Will Fuller are way more talented. Hell, I might even think Kenny Still might be more talented than Randall Cobb. But that's up for debate. Yeah, but they're both going in the seventh round. It, but you both of them, yeah, they're going actually back to back. So, Will, Will Fuller, wide receiver 31, Brandon Coach 32, seventh round. I mean, Edelman and Gallup are the people who sandwich them, and Jarvis Landry, hell, Tyler Boyd and, back there, Devontae Parker that in that just... range. But Deshaun has to throw it to someone if we think he's going to be a top five quarterback, yep, which so, I don't, but top be... six, seven, seven, whatever, whatever. If we think he's going to be. You know, up in that top tier, right? Is I guess the wording we would use, right? Top tiers. Then he's got to throw the ball to someone, and I'm just scared that it's a pretty even spread over everybody. You know, like guys are sitting out games because they got hurt. So I feel like a a veteran presence, like Cobb, if you can get him towards the back of the draft, you're not really spending anything on him. He had a productive season last year. He's taking up vacated targets. That I, I don't know. I I think if I'm taking a chance on anybody in the in the Texans' offense to maybe give me a flex play, I like Cobb kinda. But kind of going back to Andy, like him, like Bill O'Brien potentially trying to save his ass by playing David Johnson. <laughs> I mean, they spent a second round pick and a fourth round pick on Brandon Cooks. Yeah, 
I mean, I mean, the, but the, my issue with them is that I don't think it's not that I don't think that Will Fuller and Cooks are good. I just and we talked about Brandon Cooks playing 15 games, but he really only played like 11 or 12 because yeah. he was in that game, but he wasn't playing because he had a concussion. So and he kept getting the concussion again. Like he'd go out and he'd be like, "Okay, I'm healthy now," and then he'd get hit again in the head and come out for the rest of the game and play next week and do it again. I was just like, why are you doing this? Just sit out for a little bit. Protect yourself. So they both just scare me as far as how often they get hurt. Mm -hmm. And they're not – and you want someone in your flex you think at least is going to make it through the game and play every week. So I'd, I'd rather have an Edelman or a Gallup in that situation. For sure. Or no Jarvis doubt. Landry. No doubt, yeah. Dude, their whole, their whole wide receiving core just potential to get hurt other than Randall Cobb. Exactly. Well, even I mean, Randall one Cobb of those guys is going to get a thousand yards, though, right? Like Cooks or, or Fuller. Like someone hey, watch got it. To. This is the nursing home. This is or the Cobb. nursing home. Cobb of the year. could get a hundred yards. Or I mean, he, <laughs> he did. I, I would hope, hope so. Yards, yeah. <laughs> but now he could get a thousand yards. I don't know, dude. Like Deshaun's got to throw it to somebody. He's not going to be dumping it down Cobb's to Duke Johnson. Thousand yards every once, though. Freaking. How many games play. do you think Will Fuller plays this year? Like 14, 13, 14. Okay. If if he played thirteen, fourteen, nine. same for yeah. Cooks. Yeah, he's worth he's worth that spot for if you're if, if you think Will Fuller is going to play fourteen games, then yeah, because guess, that that talent with Will Fuller is pretty dang good. Like that's a headache though. That is, I mean, deciding on that in your flex, that's one where you know you you start him one week and it literally loses you the week because you didn't decide to finish the game. Yeah, just it's sad. That's the kind it's, of stuff. it's sad. It. That he can't stay on the fucking I'm field. Start, like I'm gonna start crying. Deal <laughs> for this guy, but dude, like one game last year, fifty three point seven points. I mean, but if, if you take that away, he averaged eight points a game. So, yeah, there's not. I don't see what's to love with Will Fuller. But again, someone's got to go step up and take up some vacated targets. They've got a talented quarterback. So who's it going to be? I don't – maybe Will Fuller's not going to play 13, 14 games. How many games does he typically play? Like eight. <laughs> oh, half of half of some. See, because yeah. I always feel like with those guys that I give shit, like Fournette and T.Y., like I always look back and they play like 13, 14 games, even though it feels like they're constantly missing time. So I, I just assume that he probably usually played 13, 14, but – if he's not going to be out on the field, I don't know. Are, are you going and getting a Brandon Cooks? I'm not getting no, 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 no. These guys are staying away from my team. Then who who is Deshaun throwing the ball to? Himself. Got to be somebody. <sighs> yeah, you just, fuck it. Just <laughs> throwing it as high as he can, <laughs> running underneath it. And... <laughs> he's throwing it to David Johnson to prove a point. <laughs> yeah, so he's he's going to have to throw the ball to somebody, but there's just no way you can predict who this is going to be. There's no way who you can predict is going to be healthy. Now, if one slides, if one slides a Cooks or a Wolf Fuller to the wide receiver forty, late thirty range, then yeah, that's probably that's probably a good pick. I don't know I, if you're you know you don't like anybody else who gets in that situation. Maybe some people have been sniped and taken early, and you're sitting there with the quarterbacks and the and the tight ends. Maybe you take one of these guys and and this would be a you know play them and just pray to God. Because I do, th I do think someone emerges. One of the three. One of them has or to. Or one of the one of the duo. Someone's going to emerge. I just, I really that's, can't decide between Cooks, Fuller, or Cobb. That's why I'm really. saying if two of them are being drafted in the seventh and one's being drafted in the sixteenth or going undrafted, take a stab at Cobb in the last couple of rounds. Yeah. So I agree with that logic. That's good logic. But 
You guys have paid attention to Cobb more than me over the last since he left Green Bay. Yeah, because he Dallas freaking Green drops Bay. passes and costs himself a, a thousand yards. That's a, he, he caught. He had almost a thousand yards in like what 70, 80 receptions. Like he, he's older, but he could come in and be a vet and take up a bunch of vacated targets and end up with. I mean, I, I feel like it's a catches. Golden Tate situation where you think he's older, but I mean, I I still have confidence in Golden Tate getting going out there and getting it done. So why why wouldn't I believe in Randall Cobb? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Pretty good point right there. It's just, yeah, I agree. Someone's got to step up. Someone will. It'll happen. Hell, what if it's Kiki Cutie off the bench? <laughs> I mean, Kenny Stills still, he can still get it. I mean, I don't know. Someone's going to come up. The The thing that you can't, the, the guy that's not going to have as good of a year as last year, and he didn't have that good a year, it's their tight end, Darren Fells. I mean, he signed a contract at the end of this year and he's 34 years old, please don't consider him on your fantasy team. He had He's just a touchdown-dependent tight end. I think I actually owned him because he had a decent beginning of the year, but that's just letting you know who the tight end is. Hell, maybe they'll be running some some four-receiver sets. They got some talent out here, but I don't know. Y'all got anything else on the offense? No, I, I hope to see J.J. Watt lining up there on the goal line sets a little bit. That'd be nice. Pretty Probably gonna hurt Do himself. You think Fairbairn returns to greatness? No, no. it's not gonna be the same offense. Is he even the kicker? <laughs> Dude, he sucked last year. Did he not? He was terrible. Dude, he, trust me, he was my starting kicker. I I felt the pain. They should pick up. Still um, Lutz. They should pick up that dude from the Cowboys last year. What was his name? Forbath. Forbath. Yeah. Hey, hundred percent. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, that'll be interesting. O-line. I don't even see that guy in the league right now. So. O-line, 20th at the end of 2019. Not that good, but they paid Jeremy Tensel the most money ever, I think, for his position. I'm not yeah. sure. First four games. Now, these these, are, these will get you guys going. Chiefs, Ravens, Steelers, Vikings. Yeah, Texans are going to start 0-4. Uh, this is going to be really good for going to trade for – Will Fuller, after he's done nothing the first four weeks, you go honestly. Game. Hell, you he could probably get Watson too. <laughs> yeah, you get our, David Johnson. Nope. Okay. <laughs> Before we wrap it up, something that's like a good way to give you some good information on like what's going on in practices and whatnot, because you can't see preseason. Uh, type the guy's name into the Twitter search, like. If you do that, you're going to see a bunch of information. Usually it's the guys that are reporting that, like, are that team's beat writers. Like, for instance, Damian Harris for the Patriots. He was getting a lot of looks, um, working a lot with the first team. Like, and obviously you can't really trust what Bill, what Bill, Brian, what Bill Belichick does. But, like, it, it's interesting to see kind of, kind of what to, to think for the season. So if you're curious about one guy, just kind of type it in and see what you come up with. Yeah, just to just to speak to the Damian Harris thing real quick. Apparently in patch training camp, Brian Hoyer, Jarrett Stidham, and Cam Newton have all taken equal amounts of first team reps. So I, I'm not necessarily buying into no. that. But but certainly the the Twitter search, good call. Definitely a good way to check up on some quick info. Yeah, Andy, you got anything? Wrap it up. Not just wrap it up. All right. So we're getting close to finishing up all these divisions. We only have two left. Um, still got to do our quarterback and tight end rankings. And I know that draft, your draft is probably coming up soon. Uh, so we hope that we've helped you out a little bit. 
maybe giving you some different insight. But yeah, next week we will be talking about the NFC North. Zoning.